Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking With The Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Now, today, because it's such a big topic and so many people have asked me about it, we're going to talk COVID puppies in inverted commas and basically the COVID dog syndrome, particularly here in Melbourne. And it is a problem, not just Australia wide, but worldwide. People have got young or older dogs and now they're realizing that now that they're out of lockdown, that a dog's a lot of work or that the dogs develop separation anxiety because yeah, people generally aren't home 24-7 the way they have been during COVID. Now, the best way to um, really help your dog is to work out why. We really need to look at ourselves. First of all, why you got a dog in COVID. Now, you may well have had dogs before, old dog died, new puppy. But if this is your first time dog, or you haven't had a dog for several years and you chose to get a dog during COVID, why? Because being blunt, it wasn't for the dog. It was for you to get your needs met for companionship. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's not. But you've chosen to take on a dog for the family, for the kids, for yourself, whatever. And we've all spent an awful lot of time at home. And quite a few of us have been fairly restricted in where we can walk our dogs and you know, how often we can see them. Now that lockdown is over and people are starting to go back to work, they seem to have an awful lot of fairly unrealistic expectations of their dogs. If you've been working from home, plus being at home, pretty much seven days a week, chances are the only time that your dog's been left alone is when you've gone shopping. Now, people are expecting the dog to be perfectly happy by itself for eight to ten hours a day. And when they do get home, they're often too tired to walk the dog. If you're still working from home several days a week, and some people are choosing to, start putting the dog outside, or if you're in an apartment, in another room for a couple of hours whilst you're working. Start separating now, not waiting and then doing eight hours. That's unfair on the animal. Start looking now at how you can start separating. If you've got a backyard, dog in the backyard for a couple of hours. If you're in an apartment or it's bucketing down rain, in another room So you know, and ignoring the dog not continuously touching it and fussing and so forth. Try and minimize the amount of interaction for a couple of hours a day because you're not going to be there soon. 
as always, I always, always, always recommend the Jan Fennell DVD, The Dog Listener, because separation anxiety is simply because of the signals you are inadvertently giving the dog that the dog's in charge. Now, I'm not talking about training, sit, drop, come or stay. It's not going to do anything. I'm talking about leadership. Leadership is eye contact or lack thereof, who goes through the door first, where the bowl is, all the ways that dogs interact with each other rather than humans interact with dogs. And when you have leadership, not training, it will help the separation anxiety. But it's also something you need to work with. And you need to work on yourself first and foremost. The amount of people that put on so-called dog TV or they have their security cam slash dog cam. Now, don't get me wrong. They really do have their place. If it means you've got an epileptic dog and you can continuously check on it and then film if it's having a seizure for your vet, yeah, they're an absolute godsend. But for people that are continuously checking into their dog every minute of the day to see what their dog's doing, stop and have a bloody good hard look at yourself. That is not about the dog. That's about you. And in the same way, how can you expect your dog to be calm and relaxed at home if every time it tunes into you, you're doing a major panic and checking your dog cam rather than working? You need to be sending the dog the signals that you're calm and happy and expect it to be calm, happy and relaxed at home. Another big area of contention is dog parks. Personally, I will never take my dog to a dog park. I hate them. Most dogs are not under control and many dogs are very, very stressed. They're supposed to be under effective voice control. I would say less than 3% are. I would also say 70% of dog people, um, dog people in dog parks have no concept of what's natural play and what's bossing or you know, inappropriate interaction. And probably 50% of them have no idea where their dog is. They're too busy talking to others or having their coffee. So I steer clear of them. But if your dog has been on lead only and has not been able to have much interaction with other dogs due to COVID, the worst thing you can do is take it to a dog park. That would be like taking a kid that's never, ever been with other children and throwing it in amongst a couple of hundred kids and go, it'll be right, let it sort itself out. Completely unfair, unrealistic, you are overwhelming the dog. Start small and controlled. Find other non-reactive dogs and walk them together on lead. Start using places like Snuffle Gardens. Get your dog to use its nose. That will also release endorphins. Then ultimately wind up at a friend's place with a dog you know well that plays appropriately and build up gradually from there. And make sure your recall is 100% rock solid before you take your dog to a dog park. If your dog doesn't come, every time it's called, it shouldn't be out in the wide world. There's too many chances of it getting hurt, getting hit by a car, etc., etc. And quite often, you'll see another dog approaching that's potential 
issues. How many people have had dog attacks? You hear of them in the park. And whilst I'm certainly not advocating it for it, 50 to 70% of those could be stopped if the owner had been more aware of what was going on, called their dog, and their dog had come, and they'd clipped it on a lead well before the fight started. And be realistic. See the world from your dog's perspective. It's a huge, huge change for the dog, as well as for you. And for these people that turn around and say, oh, I'm too tired. Sorry, doesn't cut it. You might be tired when you get home from work. You've changed. The dog has not. The dog is the same dog it was four weeks ago when you were working from home and you loved it. So you have the discipline to get up early, to go out, walk it before you go, and again when you get back. You know, make the time for the interaction. You don't find the time. You make the time. There's the world of difference. And it's the same with children. Please, the amount of people I have, parents that I have seen that have gone, oh, I'm too tired, the kids are home from school, they can walk the dog. COVID puppies stressed, puppies, you know, not being used to being on its own, it's wired. Young children, they are not, or even teenagers a lot of the time, they are not strong enough or aware enough to control the dog. I saw a particularly nasty potential incident a couple of weeks back. I was walking my own dog and it was a young man. He would have been 13, 14, maybe 15 with a staffy. Nice kid, trying very hard. But staffy wasn't social for some reason, didn't like the look of my saplanonac and was really lunging and carrying on. Now, this kid, this dog was on a harness. He did not have the strength to hold it, and he was being dragged across the road. Now, that is not the dog's fault. That is not the child's fault. That is 100% the adult's fault for being irresponsible. So have a look at that and look at the people around you. COVID is unusual God only knows we hope we don't have anything like this again. There will not be what we call normal for a while. Let's all be completely realistic about this. But what you can do is try to perceive things from the dog's perspective. The more you can look at life from the way your dog sees things, forget you for a moment, have a look at it from the dog's perspective. I've been in the yard less than half an hour a day without mum, you know, or dad, or who, kids, family, whoever. You know, I am now on my own seven or eight hours a day. It's a huge adjustment. And of course, keep in mind too, the treats and food that you feed your dog. If you're choosing to feed rubbish and goodos and smackos and dentist sticks and all these things, they're all chock full of chemicals that will actually react with many dogs' brains. It's literally like feeding a um, hyperactive kid red cordial. Those sorts of things. And a lot of people will leave treats for their dogs. Be aware, if you're doing so, of the quality of the treat, what it's doing to the dog's brain, and also the insect life. A lot of people like to leave bones for their dogs. And I've already seen two 
um, nearly anaphylactic wasp bites this year. So be aware. If you're leaving your dog outside and it's wasp season, don't leave a bone out there. Wasps love them and dogs will naturally snap at a wasp. And if you're not around, it's going to be ugly. It's probably going to be a vet bill. So be aware and try to see things from the dog's perspective and try to send the right signals. Never underestimate the importance of that. Put yourself in a room for five minutes, do an attempted meditation and just shut your eyes and think of you going to work and how you feel when you're driving or sitting on public transport, depending on how you get to work or walking, whichever. And then how you feel about the dog. Monitor your thoughts when you imagine yourself at your desk and lunchtime. Are you worried about the dog? Are you continuously checking the monitor? If you're doing that, how is your dog supposed to feel calm and relaxed? And this is a good exercise to actually tell you an awful lot about yourself. Until you can sit there and every time feel calm and relaxed. What's your body posture while you're thinking about your dog? What's your breathing? What's your heart rate? The more you can calm that and think of your dog being calm and relaxed whilst you're at work, while you're feeling calm and relaxed while you're at work, the better. And one final note, as we're now able to interact more and welcome people back to our home, also be aware your dog has probably not been used to having a lot of visitors. And just because you're used to your family, particularly young children, 12 months, they'll have grown a lot. Babies may not have been in the house before. Be aware of how your dog has perceived his territory and please always, always have your dog on a lead before someone comes into the home and be very vigilant about how comfortable your dog is or is not with the new visitors. If you have children or adults that your dog doesn't feel comfortable with, play it safe, lock your dog away. Never let children barge up to the dog. Allow them to call the dog, and if the dog doesn't want to come, put the dog out, put the dog in another room, keep everyone safe. Just because 12 months ago or six months ago your dog was happy and content with having someone in the home does not mean they will now. They will have changed the way we have all changed during the lockdowns and during COVID. So look after yourselves, protect your dogs and remember, the more you can feel happy, safe and relaxed, the more your dogs will pick up on those cues and they will as well. Combine that with leadership and you've got an unbeatable combination and you should both be happy, calm and relaxed and safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. As always, please remember to like and subscribe. If you've got any topics you'd like covered or any comments, I'd love to hear from you, so shoot me a line. 
Now, until next time, remember, stay safe. And when you can, talk with the animals. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.